to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor Dana takes a look at the year behind us and also gives us an opportunity to see how we can be the light in the year ahead. Let's listen. This morning, I wanted us to use our imaginations. And what I want us to imagine is that we all have a magic wand. And maybe your magic wand does not have this pink fluffy material or a purple heart on it. But nevertheless, I wanted you to imagine that you have a magic wand. And with this magic wand, you have the power to transform your life and to make it perfect and ideal. With your magic wand, you can transform our world and make it perfect and peaceful. So what does perfect and peaceful look like for you? What have you changed in your life or in this world? For me, a lot would change. For starters, we would all be able to eat as many pies and cookies and ice cream <laughs> that we possibly could, and we would never have to worry about gaining a pound. We would never have to worry about the sugar crash that would follow all that sugar. With my magic wand, my house would always be clean. The dishes would always be done and put away. The laundry would always be folded and put away as well. With my magic wand, there would be a cure for cancer, for diabetes and Alzheimer's. With my magic wand, I would eliminate poverty and hunger. No child would go without. Every child would have a full belly a warm place to lay their head at night. With my magic wand, I would eradicate bullying. No one would feel inferior or undervalued. With my magic wand, I would end all the violence in our world. We wouldn't hear about school shootings anymore. We wouldn't hear about the unnecessary deaths that occur. We wouldn't hear about wars or threats of war. On the Sunday after Christmas, we are reminded that Christ came to this earth to bring hope and peace and reconciliation. Christ came bringing a light into this dark world. And unfortunately, our world can still look dark and fragmented at times. Our newspapers and our news programs, they are an endless stream of devastating events. They remind us of just how broken our world is, how much we need Christ's light to permeate our communities. When we do a quick scan around the world, it is ever apparent that we need one of these magic wands. There are many concerning statistics out there, statistics that tell us that on average, 10% of the population struggles with diabetes that close to 1 million people will be diagnosed with cancer this year, that on average 282,000 children will be bullied this school year. Statistics that tell us that every nine seconds in the United States, a woman is assaulted or beaten, that every year there are 17,000 homicides in the United States alone, and that currently there are 29 countries that are at war. These statistics, they are difficult for us to hear, but they are the reality of the world in which we live. They portray a realistic image of just how dark our world is. And as we take time to recognize these statistics, 
then it begs us to ask ourselves, how do we as Christians combat this darkness? How do we further Christ's ministry of reconciliation here on earth? How do we bear Christ's light in this world and bring a message of peace and hope to others? Now, I recognize that these are deep questions for the day after Christmas. These are deep questions for us to ponder, but what better time to think about how we can bear light in this world than the day after we have just celebrated the birth of our Savior, the day after we have just celebrated this light coming into the world. We have spent an entire month talking about this light, this light that emerged from the darkness and how the darkness did not overcome it. And so now it is time for us to explore what we do next. What do we do now that this light has been born? And as we start to address these questions of what we do next, how we can bear light in our world, that I want us to turn to Scripture. I want us to look at a couple of passages where we see people doing this and trying to bear Christ's light in their community. Let us first turn to the text in Isaiah. It's Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. In this passage from Isaiah, we encounter a passage where God had sent Isaiah to bring a message of hope and peace and joy to the people of Judah. At the time that this passage was written, the people of Judah had just returned to their homeland after spending many, many years living in exile in Babylon. So they returned to their homeland and they returned to find their city laying in ruins. Their temple had been destroyed, other buildings and homes completely demolished. They returned to overgrown fields and farms. And so they looked around their city and they thought, well, this is a city that simply cannot be inhabited. And while I'm sure the people of Judah were thrilled to be released from living in exile, they probably weren't too thrilled about the work that was ahead of them. They weren't thrilled about what it was going to take to rebuild their city. They were probably overwhelmed, frustrated, perhaps even doubtful if their city could be restored to its former glory. As they faced these defeating thoughts and feelings, Isaiah enters the picture. He enters the picture preaching this message of hope, bringing God's plan for a restored future. God's promises that peace would fill their land again, 
that joy would flood their city, that weeping and mourning would exist no longer. Essentially, Isaiah came bearing God's light for the people of Judah. This is one passage in Scripture where we see a great example of what it means and what it looks like to bear the light of Christ in this world, where someone brings a message of hope, a word of encouragement, a reminder that God is always with us in our struggles. So let us turn now to the New Testament and see what other examples there are. Let us turn to John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. It says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who was the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. In this passage, we hear the start of John the Baptist's life, the important role and mission that he would fulfill, a mission where he would spend his entire life testifying to the light of Christ. John's mission was to bear the light of Christ in this world. His primary purpose was to testify to this light and how the light was going to invade people's hearts how this light was powerful enough to transform people's lives and the entire world. And we know that John the Baptist did this. He spent his entire life paving the way for Christ, baptizing people, preaching and teaching about who Christ is and furthering Christ's ministry here on earth. Just like the prophet Isaiah, we are called to deliver a message of hope and peace and joy to God's people. Just like John the Baptist, we all have a mission to testify to the light of Christ in this world, to tell people who Christ is, what Christ has the power to do, how he's powerful enough to transform our lives, to make a difficult situation bearable. So this morning, as we hear these examples of people who spent their entire life trying to bring light into this world, then our question remains, how do we in our present day and age do this? How do we as Christians bring light into our present world? There is a lot of great things that we have done in a year where we are still fighting a pandemic. This past year, we had school supplies drive and diaper drives and all kinds of drives. This past year, not one, but both of your pastors had a baby. One of them got baptized so far. <laughs> we have had a long-awaited installation service. We made it to Montreat this past summer. We've had service projects for our children and youth and church breakfasts. We have had a lot of outpouring love and support for the Hesed House and the Lakewood Home. We started a church. That is huge. Artisan Church has been up and running since September 12th. And currently, we are housing a nine-person family from Afghanistan in our church manse. These are big, huge, monumental accomplishments. These are things that other churches do not accomplish. So to answer the question of how do we bear light as Christians in this world, well, we continue doing what we've been doing. We continue to share Christ's love 
in grace, in mercy, in all of the ways that we have been doing it. And we continue to look for new ways, new ways in which we can be the hands and feet of Christ in this community. In just the same way that we added starting a church this past year and housing a refugee family, then next year we look for new endeavors like that, new opportunities where we can reach and expand our grasp and we can bear Christ's light in those places. It is so important that every year we continue to look for ways in which we can expand what we are doing and bear Christ's presence in this world. So as we think about how we might do that, how we can expand our reach, then I want to share a story with you. And it's a story about how important it is to bear Christ's light in this world. And it's a story about when I truly, viscerally realized how important that is. When I first graduated from seminary, I, my first call was at a church up in western New York. And this was the part of western New York that was right on Lake Erie. So we got snow 300 days out of the year. It was 200 inches or more of snow every season. It started falling in October and it didn't stop, sometimes until May. That is right. (laughs) So one night we got a pretty bad snowstorm and I decided that I was gonna take a walk in this snowstorm. And so it was about nine o'clock at night, I put on all my snow gear and I head out into the, the snowstorm. And so I step off my porch and I realize that it is cold, it is windy, and it is very dark. And so I contemplated going back in the house and getting a flashlight or a headlamp, but I didn't because I already had my snow gear on and I had already stepped in the snow. So I keep walking and I go around to the back of my house and I pass over a ravine and I enter a big snowy vineyard. This was the part of Western New York that is also known as wine country. So there are vineyards all around. Welches used to have their headquarters in that part of New York long ago. So I cross over into this vineyard and I was so surprised because even though it was already pretty late at night, it was dark outside, I could still see so much. I could see the endless rows of grapevines. I could see where the farmers had already come through and trimmed certain rows of those grapevines. I could see the trees that lined the vineyard and this beautiful, huge oak tree in the middle of the vineyard that was perfectly shaped. And then off in the distance, you could see the houses that line the vineyard. You could see their Christmas lights were up and their front porch lights were on and they were casting these glimmers of light into the vineyard. This is a picture that a professional photographer took of that vineyard and it captured it way better than my iPhone did. But you can see the house off in the distance. You can see how people have their porch lights on and Christmas lights strung. And so as I continued walking through this snowy vineyard, just enjoying the beauty and the tranquility of it, I thought about how just a handful of houses off in the distance was enough light to light up that entire vineyard that night. It was so much light that you didn't need a headlamp, you did not need a flashlight, and you could see everything perfectly like it was midday. It was in that moment that I realized how important it is for all of us to collectively 
bear the light of Christ in this world. It takes all of us casting the light of Christ from within so that we can light up this world. You all heard those statistics earlier, and you have access to your news programs and newspapers. There is a lot of pain and injustice and disharmony that exists in this world. And just like John the Baptist and the prophet Isaiah, we too are called to radiate God's light in this world. We are called to testify to others that there is hope and peace and joy still left to be found. As we continue to ponder this question this morning of how we bear light in this fragmented world, then I think what it comes down to is that we have to be willing to let our light shine. We have to be willing to let the light of God, which lives in each of us, to shine forth in this world We have to be willing to take chances, to step out of our comfort zones, to leap at new opportunities so that we can share Christ's grace and mercy. Just like those few houses that lined the vineyard that night, they chose to put up their Christmas lights. They chose to put their front porch light on. And in doing so, those glimmers of light filled that entire snowy vineyard. In just the same way, we have to choose to let the light of Christ shine forth. Now, there might be a great deal of darkness that exists in this world, and we might not have a magic wand that we can wave and make it all perfect. But we do have the next best thing, and that is the light of Christ. This season in particular reminds us that no matter how dark and somber the world may feel at times, There is still light left to be found. There is still God's love and peace and joy left to be felt. As Christians, we are called to share that good news with others, to carry that message out into the world. As we approach this new year, may we look for new opportunities, new ways in which we can carry that message out. In all of our endeavors, May we choose to let the light of Christ that lives within each of us to shine forth in this world. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.